What is up, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I hope everybody is having a fantastic Wednesday so far. And what I'm going to be getting into today is sort of this feud that came up last week that was really the talk of certainly the college football world, and that is this feud between uh, Texas A&M head football coach Jimbo Fisher, Alabama head football coach Nick Saban, and uh, Jackson State head football coach uh, Deion Sanders. And so what I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to be basically reading some of the finer points from this article that I've un- that I've uncovered, excuse me, from espn.com. And it's ri- it's written by Dave Wilson for ESPN.com, and I'm gonna. So I'm gonna be sort of reviewing some of Mr. Wilson's comments and sort of sprinkling in my thoughts on the situation as we go along here. But for those of you who may not be familiar with the situation that I'm talking about, let me fill you in. Uh, So last week, Nick Saban is at an event uh, talking about, I guess, recruiting and the effects of the new name, image, and likeness rules which is really where this feud uh, began. And Saban, Coach Saban issued some, shall we say, very fiery comments. And although uh, he didn't mention his former protege, Jimbo Fisher, by name personally, uh, he d- he did call out the school that Jimbo Fisher is now coaching, which is Texas A&M. He also said some things about uh, Jackson State and the job that Deion Sanders has been doing on the NIL front, and issued some. Again, shall we say, fiery comments about that as well. But I want to begin by uh, getting into Mr. Dave Wilson's piece and what my thoughts are on what Mr. Wilson said and what I think could ultimately end up happening 
uh, as we come out of this situation going into college football season. Alrighty, Mr. Wilson says, Jimbo Fisher delivered a fiery rebuttal to Alabama football coach Nick Saban's comments from Wednesday night. Again, this is uh, from this past week. That Texas A&M, quote, bought every player in its bonded 2022 recruiting class, calling Saban's comments despicable. Numerous times in a quickly assembled nine-and-a-half-minute news conference, Fisher, who was visibly angry, said there was no truth to Saban's accusations. And I'm going to begin quoting uh, Jimbo Fisher here from the aforementioned news conference, quote, we, we never bought anybody, the Texas A&M coach said. No, no rules are broken. Nothing was done wrong. It's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families at te- and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. We're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. End of quote. And, of course, Jimbo went on by sort of attacking Nick Saban personally, which is really what I find most interesting about this situation because uh, up until just recently, apparently, uh, of course, Nick and Jimbo were, were were and are rivals, obviously, but uh, Jimbo spent many years working for Nick Saban and uh, of course, many of you will remember the work that they did at LSU together, particularly in 2003 with the national championship team. Jimbo Fisher, of course, was the offensive coordinator of that team, but as I said, up until recently, they seem to be obviously competitors, but also very good friends as well. And so when you read and hear the comments that Jimbo made, and and I've seen the video of this press conference, and you can obviously tell from watching that video that Jimbo was not very happy at his former boss. But I want to sort of break down what Jimbo said about Nick Saban 
from this piece on ESPN.com. All right, here, here's the first set of comments. Quote, it's, it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when, that, when he doesn't get his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow these things to happen. It's ridiculous when he's not on top. End of quote. And a little bit later on, Jimbo, and again, th this comment here in particular was very interesting to me. Jim, Jimbo says, quote, Some people think they're God. Go, go dig into how God did his deal. You may find out a lot of things you don't want to know. We build him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past. Or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can, you can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. It's despicable, end of quote. So, again, very uh, fiery comments coming from Nick Sape, from, excuse me, Jim, from Jimbo Fish here about Nick Saban. And you may be wondering what Nick Saban actually said. And as, as I mentioned at the top of the show, he was, uh, I guess, giving a speech to, and the article says this, he was giving a speech to a group of business leaders in the state of Alabama, and they were talking about uh, everything that's going on with this situation with NIL and whatnot. And so I'm going to get into what Nick Saban had to say. about this situation and again, and again he uh, doesn't mention Jimbo Fisher by name but he sort of tears into uh, Texas A&M and here in, here in a little bit I'm going to be getting into what he said about Jackson State as well But regarding uh, A&M, Saban said, quote, I'm, I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, likeness. We didn't buy one player, I. But I don't know if we're going to be able to, to sustain that in the future because 
more and more people are doing it. It's tough. End of quote. And article, the article also says that Saban singled out Jackson State in his comments, as I mentioned, uh, saying that the school paid Travis Hunter, a five-star prospect who changed his commitment from Florida State and decided to sign with Jackson State instead. So, Nick Saban has sort of been scorching the earth here lately as it pertains to NIL and what's, what he thinks is going on at A&M and Jackson State. I want to touch very quickly on what Deion Sanders had to say on the situation about Nick Saban calling out his program. Uh, Primetime said, quote, I, I don't make a million Travis ain't built like that. Travis ain't chasing a dollar. Travis is chasing greatness. Travis and his family don't get down like that. They never came to us in search of the bag. They're not built like that. This kid wants to be great. End of quote. And so... Uh, Primetime is obviously dismissing uh, Nick Saban's comment. And sort of not really, uh, I guess, criticizing Nick Saban personally, but He's doing what any uh, coach would do in this situation and is defending their own program, obviously. And I want to touch really quick on one more comment from Jimbo Fisher and uh, one more comment from Coach Saban as well. Jimbo said during his news conference, quote, What's funny in all that talk right before he said that about us? Was, wasn't he, he soliciting funds from the crowd? It's amazing, isn't it? Well, when you, when you walk on water, I guess it don't matter. And again, end of, end of quote. And again, uh, this goes back to what he was what he was saying earlier about sort of building Nick Saban up to be the czar of football that we all know him to be. And 
again, just very, very angry comments from Jimbo. I want to touch on one more thing that Nick Saban said before I get into sort of what my thoughts are on the NIL situation. And again, this is sort of, I guess this is Nick's way to attempt to clarify what he said and sort of defend himself and his program as well. But let's get into what he said here. Nick Saban said, quote, look, Look, I should have never singled anybody out, and I wasn't saying that either one of those schools did anything wrong. I didn't intend it to mean they were buying players, but more that you're able to buy players now, and it's totally legal. You're, you're just using name, image, and likeness to do it. What I'm saying is, that, it, that it's not good for the game and is only going to get worse unless there's some, fe- there's some federal legislation, end of quote. So, Coach Saban is, I guess, calling for some obviously federal leg- legislation on the matter and I'm not, I'm not really going to get into get into the politics of the situation because at least on a, on a federal level because that's a, obviously not really what I do on this show Although I do think that it's very interesting to note that Coach Saban is very close with West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. And so perhaps, and again, I'm I'm not going to dive full into the political details of the situation, but I will say that perhaps uh, Coach Saban was issuing sort of a wink and a nod in the direction of Senator Manchin, but it's going to be interesting to see how uh, anything could potentially play out on the situation on the federal level. But really quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into my, my sort of views and comments on this. Uh, look, we just live in a different time now in the world of college football, and it's sort of been described as the 
wild, wild west, if you will. And it's sort of uncharted territory in terms of certainly what the more vet, more veteran coaches such as Nick Saban are used to because the NIL rules uh, have only been effect for coming up on one year now. And so I think everybody's still trying to learn how to sort of navigate around the situation, if you will. But another thing I thought was interesting is from this piece on SportingNews.com about really the NIL guidelines and what all goes into them and sort of what, what the rules are in terms of recruiting players, lack of a better phrase, based on name, image, and likeness deals. But I want to point out something really quick. I, I found this quote from the Sporting News article about, sort. I guess it's sort of a clarification on what the rules are and how they're implemented. And one thing that sticks out to me is the uh, mention of boosters at universities. And again, I'm going to... I have some thoughts on the booster situation that I'm going to touch on a little bit later. But... As it relates to what this article from the Sporting News says, it says, quote, The guidance was developed by a task force of national leaders with student-athlete opportunity at the forefront of discussions. Specifically, the guidance defines as a booster any third-party entity that promotes an athletics program, assists with recruiting, or assists with providing benefits to recruits, enrolled student-athletes, or their family members. The definition could, could include collectives set up to funnel name, image, and likeness deals to prospective student-athletes or enrolled student-athletes who might be considering transferring. Uh, NCAA recruiting rules preclude boosters from recruiting and or providing benefits to prospective student-athletes. End of quote. Uh, the, the mention of Transferring, I think, is very important 
in this situation as well because obviously in addition to the name, image, and likeness situation, the transfer portal has also taken its step onto the big stage as it relates to the conversation around college sports as well. And not not just in football, but uh, especially in basketball, because if you've been following uh, college basketball over the last year, you've been seeing a lot of guys uh, with the men's game in particular. I'm sure. Uh, one, I'm sure this is also true with women's basketball, but you notice a lot, a lot of players that are entering the transfer portal in college basketball as well. So it's not, it's not just a monolithic issue as it pertains to football, but again, this this whole situation is very uncharted territory, as I mentioned, with sort of the coaches, the veteran coaches like a Nick Saban, who are still trying to get used to the uh, NIL rules, so to speak, as it pertains to quote-unquote recruiting players, but diving back into my thoughts on this whole NIL thing, uh, again, as I mentioned, I fully agree with the sentiment that we are now in a wild, wild west era of college sports. And what I think could possibly happen here, based on some of the comments that I've been reading about boosters, And I th honestly, I, th I think the NCAA is still trying to figure this thing out as well. And it's going to be interesting to see what the new leadership at the NCAA is going to do about this situation. Because Mark Emmert, the president, the now president of the NCAA is supposed to be uh, stepping down at some point next year, I believe. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, his, his eventual successor handles this situation. But 
what I think could happen here is that the NCAA may begin to crack down on the boosters a little more. And sort of spending more time closely watching what is going on at some of these schools. And, of course, a lot of how they're going to do that remains to be seen because... And I... Whether Mark whether uh, Mark Emmer will step in on this, I'm not sure. But going forward, I think it is something to keep a sort of a close eye on on the booster situation and what the NCAA is going to do uh, as as far as possible penalties. As far as possible penalties for schools and programs go, uh, I'm not sure what those would be. Uh, certainly bowl bans are possible. And certainly a reduction of scholarships are possible. Those are the two potential penalties for schools that I could see coming out of this. But, again, the, I will say the, the waters are still sort of murky as it, come, as it pertains to the name, image, and likeness situation. And inevitably we will have to see what ends up happening I I will say that as a fan of college football, I am very much looking forward to the Alabama-Texas A&M game this fall. And... The reason for that is not not just because of uh, this situation, which is obviously going to dump so much more gasoline on the fire that was started last week by Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, but just coming off of their their game last year and i think this is possibly another reason why uh Nick Saban was so provocative and inflammatory in his comments because Texas A&M beat Alabama last year and the reason, of course, the reason why that's notable is because it was the first time that a former Nick Saban assistant has beaten 
Nick a Nick Saban coached team. And when you, when you look at the long list of former Nick Saban assistants who have uh, obviously coached against him over the years, when you look at certainly Elaine Kiffin, uh, certainly Jeremy Pruitt could never do it for Uvalde fans out there, and of course I'm I'm one of them, so I feel your pain. But and obviously Jimbo Fish here couldn't climb over that mountain either until this past year. So those when you put those two things together. Uh, the intrigue of how will Alabama respond after being beaten by by A and M last year, and then when you add this feud on top of that, uh, it really makes for a very intriguing matchup, and I'm very much looking forward to watching it. So, to sort of wrap up what my thoughts are from the articles that I've been reading from and everything I've seen and heard about this situation, uh, as far as what could happen at the NCAA level, I I still think they're trying to figure out how to respond about all of this. The SEC is still trying to figure out how to respond to all of this. And I think the boosters are potentially going to be watched a little more closely as certainly the new leadership of the NCAA takes over. But I imagine this is going to be one of the many storylines that we hear about in the coming, I believe, 99 days until the start of the college football season. So that... It's going to be very interesting to see. So, with that, uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, guys. I appreciate you very much for listening. And as it pertains to the show, as I mentioned at the end of my latest episode, I do want to try to sort of do another sports mailbag episode in the next week or so, depending on, of course, what storylines pop up between now and then. But for any information on the 
mailbag, just feel free to take a look at my Facebook page and feel and if you do have any questions for me, uh, just feel free to leave those questions in the comment section and I will look forward to reading and answering those questions as soon as possible. So with that, uh, I guess that I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you soon.